2: everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, and welcome. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for, for being with me today. Our daily objective, it never changes. I hate to bore you with it, but it's never going to change, and that is to help you to become a better investor, to help you be an above-average investor. And to achieve that, or help you achieve that, I promise to give you the best insight and information I can, the most accurate that I can. And obviously with being on this show and it's only an hour show it's difficult to get into too in-depth on any one particular thing, but I will provide you and answer any of the question provide you with truth, facts and answer any of the questions as long as they're financial that I can. The number is 888-99-CHART. You can call right now. We call it the listener line. 888-99-CHART. Well, the market opened up and slowly gained strength all day. The Dow ended up being 156 points. The Nasdaq up 118. And the S&P up 28. So, what? Six days or so in a row. Uh, five out of the last six, it has been up. So, it's been a good start for January. And it's here is the 15th, the middle of the month. So, it's been a good start. Now, what's gonna help what's gonna affect the market coming up in the coming days? Obviously, earnings reports, we're gonna have earnings season, and the US government shutdown, which at some point, and that point may be now starting to bite a little bit. And of course, there's that continuing turmoil in Europe and regarding the Brexit process, which You know the failed the vote failed today, so Brexit is still, uh, you know, uh, no one knows what's going to happen there yet. And looking toward the U.S., uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo each reported lower earnings, and their stock was trading down like two percent each. Lower earnings. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more today. Oil prices hit fifty one dollars a barrel. That's better than it was. And gasoline, the pumps are averaging about 225. I actually think that's the sector, and I'm going to talk about that, too. I think that that energy sector is going to do well this year. I really do. Did you see this about Facebook? They decided to go local, investing $300 million in local news? Hmm. News. Huh. News content. Think about that. Facebook is what? What do they do? And now they're going to start providing News. Are they going to get political? I'm just wondering. Is that politics going to... You know, I, I'm concerned as a Facebook investor. I, I, I told you before, I'm not keen on investing in Facebook. And Netflix raised prices. And that was 15%. Going from $11 a month to $13 a month. And I'll bet you most Netflix uh, uh, subscribers don't really care. So that means Netflix is going to... Earnings are going up. Netflix is a great success story. I mean, they're beating Hollywood at their own game. Have you seen that? I mean, uh, you know, um, they're producing original content that people want to see. So I think that's going to be good news, really, for their bottom line. I really do. Well, let's see, financial news out this morning. Uh, this uh, Apple, You know Apple spends $150 million each year on flights, United Airlines to China? They, they have 50 seats a day go to China. That's interesting. Um, the U.S. government wants to know if it's feasible to raise the minimum wage from $7.25 to $15. Now, this is all politics and it's all murky, but what in the world do they think they're going to do? Do they think raising the minimum wage of $15 is not going to have? Who do you think is going to pay for that? You know, who's going to pay? Remember, a minimum wage job is a starting job. That's for the high school kid or you just getting started. That's not a, that's not a career, right? I and mean, we're talking about burger flippers and things. You know, that's that's the minimum wage. I, I don't know why they're so focused on this. If you raise the minimum wage, which is fine, you can do that. But you think the employers are just going to stand by idle? I am. I have always been a small businessman. And I, over the years, I know about one-third of your cost as a small business is salaries. Okay? So when you raise salaries, that's about one-third of your business is being increased. You're going to pass that cost along some way, shape, or form. You're going to pass it along. Or you have to get more efficient. You just lay off people because you can't afford them. Had to get more efficient some way, so it's not it's not a vacuum raising those minimum wages. TSA, you know the TSA, the security people at airports, you might be start seeing some delays. They're not getting paid. Remember this shutdown; of the government's you know it's going to start biting people, and also Coast Guard people not getting paid. It's got, it's going to have an effect on the economy, and you know something needs to be done. That's for sure. I mean, why can't they? Why can't why can't they just come to a compromise? You know, isn't that how our government is designed to come to a compromise? Why do you have to? You know, both sides don't have to dig in so 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 vehemently. You know, you're just hurting everybody. Both sides can compromise. That's how I look at it. As you can tell, there's always a lot of news out there. Some of it, you know, is political, but some of the, a lot of times political news affects us investors. So you have to keep an eye on it. You have to understand what's going on and how that affects you. So that's what we're going to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Financial? Any financial questions? Be happy to take them. Listen to line number is eight 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 ninety nine chart.
1: Hey Steve, this is uh, John calling from Chicago. I had a question. I was hoping you could answer. It's a pretty simple one. Basically, it has to do with taxes. I want to know if I have to pay taxes or how the taxes work. If I sell an individual stock and uh, immediately sell a stock for a short gain and then immediately buy or purchase another stock uh, following, do I pay taxes since I just reinvested the money? look forward to getting the answer. Thanks, Steve.
2: Yes, that's a capital gain. You're going to pay capital gains tax on the gain whether it's short-term or long-term. Short-term means did you own the stock and sell that stock in a 12-month period or did you own it longer than 12 months? If you owned it longer than 12 months, the rate on the profits, the, the tax rate on the profits is 20%. If you had it less than a year, it would be your ordinary income tax rate, whatever rate that is on your ordinary income. But yes, you take a gain in the stock, you're going to pay income tax no matter what you do with the, the money after you sell it. You still you have to pay... Income, the uh, the capital gains tax. Okay, good question though. I mean, yeah, you know, people, maybe there's a lot of people out there who don't know the answer to that. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number, buddy. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. My Northern California portfolio consultation date is getting closed. I mean, you know, I'm it's coming up quick. And we're yeah, there's not a lot of time spaces left. So if you want to meet with me, remember i would be in San Jose on January 23rd, a week from tomorrow. San Jose, January 23rd. So you need to need to contact me. You need to you know it's no cost. We take a look at your portfolio. Talk about anything financial. You know, and I'll show you or demonstrate what our programs do. And if there's a fit. That's great. If not, that's okay. So for the portfolio review, all you do is you've got to register at investtalk.com. Send me an email. Register at investtalk.com. You're going to send me an email saying you want a, an appointment and we'll be in touch with you. Okay? Or anytime this one line never closes. And at the moment, I'm taking your questions live at 888 99
0: It may be hard to believe, but we are already into the third week of 2019. Maybe now is a good time to get your portfolio in shape. Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on Wednesday, January 23rd. If you act quickly, you can sit down with Steve for a no-cost portfolio review. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here. And he's ready for your questions.
2: Eight 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 nine nine 99 chart 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. Five money mistakes that keep you from getting rich. Now, anyone can suffer financial and investing errors. Everybody makes mistakes, okay? But there are a few mistakes that you can really avoid. The super rich always avoids them, and you can too. And they're not that hard. So we're going to talk about them. Okay, and you can avoid these mistakes. And The biggest number one mistake that I have observed all the years that I've been around, and I continue to observe it in my nieces and nephews and my, and my in-laws and my brothers and sisters, uh, are, is that they spend more money than they earn. That's the biggest mistake they have. They always do it. Most of them always do it. And they don't seem to get it. That over time, you could be wealthy if you just spend less than you earn. But they seem not to be able to do that. That's the number one lesson out there. Some of the other things we're going to talk about. Do you hear about the mortgage lending that's plunging? But it's for different reasons than you might think. We're going to talk about that. Um, and what about the S&P 500 earnings? What was it this year, 2008? I'm sorry, last year, 2018. Because they're rolling in now. And what are the projections for next year? Hmm. And what sectors look good? What sectors look bad? We can talk about that if we can. And finally, I want to talk about the PPI, inflation rate. Remember, we had the CPI. I talked about the CPI. Don't com- don't confuse CPI with PPI. They obviously are related. One, the PPI is a producer price index, and the CPI is the consumer price index. And why you want to pay attention to both is the PPI is what eventually gets flowed on to you. In other words, so the producers are making things and they're paying for inflation from input products, raw materials. So they pay for those and they're if they experience inflation, they tend to pass that cost on to you and it shows up in the PPI. I mean CPI, Com- consumer price index. Now, sometimes they absorb it as much as they can, they don't pass that price on, but so what's happening with inflation. Now you know I've been reporting on it and and telling you that it's not nearly as worrisome as the Federal Reserve makes it out to be. And, my, and I've been saying that for months and it's turning out to be so. Okay. And the recent reports we're getting. So does that mean the Federal Reserve this all goes back to what the Federal Reserve. Are they going to increase rates? And they're they said remember the last meeting after last meeting in December we're going to raise two times in 2019. That's what Powell said. He didn't say it that clear, but he clearly said two and he clearly said it probably will be two times in 2019. clearly. Now more recent after you got some more recent information, inflation is not nearly as clear. So we'll get to that if we can. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. Let's grab another call if we can. This came in earlier. Eight eight eight
0: ninety nine chart. chart ...in value in the last quarter, mainly based on a revised outlook. Yeah, what worries me a little bit is
1: the debt. They have quite a high debt value, and they are in the process of another $2 billion acquisition, which is pending FTC approval.
0: I would like to hear your opinion.
1: Thanks.
2: Okay, uh, he cut off the front part. The FMS is a symbol of Frenetis Medical Aid. It's a $21 billion company out of Germany. For Zenesis, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a German name. They're going to make $2.73 in 2019 after making $2.43 this year. Um, uh, their sales growth is shrinking. last three quarters went from zero growth to... Minus 4% and the most recent quarter, minus 8%. And that was September. We haven't got the latest numbers. So that's kind of worrisome. Uh, And the stock price, of course, has fallen. It's a $34 stock with a $2.73% earnings. I don't think it's cheap, and I don't think it's expensive, and I don't think it's that attractive. I, I would probably avoid it. Okay? Avoid it. I just don't think it is something that... Will attract you. Symbol is FMS. Don't, yeah, there's not not a lot of good things to talk about it. Everybody, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live, and we do it at the four o'clock hour for Monday through Friday Pacific time, every weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via archive podcast at InvestTalk.com. So you can listen to it. We cut out all the commercials. You can listen to it anytime you want. The podcast and there's. Well, there might be one short portion like that. So tell your friends if they want to listen to the show, they can download it.
0: This is Invest Talk, the KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investdoc.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, five money mistakes that keep you from getting rich. You know, I love these numbers. They always give you five or this and 10 of that. These three methods of doing something. Well, these are five money mistakes. And you know, they're pretty much true. But this is a uh, this is a study and a book written by uh, Tom Corley, and you know he says that the super rich generally, generally don't make the the few money mistakes we're going to talk about, and one of the money mistakes is where they don't follow a fad, they don't they don't panic out, they you know they they don't sell off when everybody else is selling off. They tend to buy, and they don't buy. Bitcoin and stuff like that. That's not how they work. And you know, they also seek out expert advice on things. They don't. They don't try to do everything themselves. But basically, if you, they work at being successful every day, every day. They, 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 now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about you coming up with an idea to make billions of dollars every day. No, they don't. It's like they do certain things every day. They try to learn something new all the time. They try to, you know, they just day to day, month to month, year to year. They develop good habits. They try to surround themselves with smart people. They, you know, they they, you know, attend seminars or, you know, they try to improve their skills. Even though they might not be that skillful, maybe not that good. They try. They, the The important part is is the effort. Effort. I mean, do you, you know, recently Berkshire Hathaway, you know, Warren Buffett said, the greatest asset to own is your own abilities. So, in other words, develop your own skills. Do what you like and develop those skills and try to be better and better and better. Do it every day. Work at it every day. And it sounds like work. It's not work. You know, if you like doing something, you want to do something, you do it because you like it. So, it's not like you, you just got to keep after it. Okay? Okay. So, you know, some of the the five things doing it yourself. You don't need to do it all by yourself. You can hire people. You don't hire, do you do your own plumbing and your own electricity? I don't, because I'm scared. I'll hire somebody. So, you got to diversify, not just diversify a portfolio of stocks, diversify your wealth. Buy that first property and live in the house, buy a second property. You know, invest in something else. You know, try make sure you do your 401k. You know, diversify, diversify. Uh, stay away from fad investing. And of course, the most recent one I can think of is Bitcoin. Uh, another, you know, stay away from the get rich quick schemes. They never work. Yeah, you'll hear like penny stocks. That's going to be one of my topics, not this week, but the week after on invest Talk Academy penny stocks, I'm going to be talking about them, how to avoid them, how to recognize them. You know, so, and another thing that the rich don't do, that, that the rich do do that people don't, is they plan long term. They don't expect to get rich tomorrow, They but they make efforts and work at it every day to eventually get rich. And please, do not panic. That's the worst thing you can do. Panic out or panic in. I'm going to miss out. I need to get in. No. No. Either way is a mistake. Okay, everybody? I think we, I think we got that. 888 um, 99 chart is our number. Let's fit another call if we can. 888
0: 992 4278. Hey, Invest Talks. This is Alias out of Corpus Christi, Texas, calling. I had a question to see if y'all could look at Max R Technologies, MaxR Technologies, M A X R took a
1: huge huge dip
0: they make money they lost all their stock price because a satellite went down couldn't take pictures couldn't sell the revenue but that satellite is also insured for i believe 183 million dollars that they should be able to sustain they're just not going to be able to make all that profit i want to know what you think it used to be like a 30 dollars stock i think it is a young company. So I guess that does worry me. If they're having problems now, then why would they keep having problems? Anyways, if you could look at it, M-A-X-R. Thank you, guys. Look forward to listening to it on the podcast.
2: 888 chart everybody, for all those other questions you guys have here. Maxstar Technologies, M-A-X-R. It's a $329 million company. It's a really small company. How, do they make money? Actually, they do make money. So they're going to make four dollars this year after making two seventy six, but next year down to three fifty three. It provides operational solutions to commercial and government organizations across the world. Whatever that means, operational op- uh, provides operational solutions. That that one paragraph doesn't tell me welly what they do. The stock is a fairly new stock. Came out in December. I don't know what day was that. Um, a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, and, you know, their sales growth was very, very good. The stock got crushed. And so, I, I'm just not, you know, it's too small. Is You need to stay away from these very small companies. They're very volatile. Is it worth it? $5.57? Well, of course, if they're going to make $4 a share, that would be way worth it. But because it's so cheap... It worries me. Something's not right. The debt is a problem. They have lots of debt. I would be very careful and look into this. It's way too cheap. This is what we call possibly a value trap, and that's why I would be worried about Tomorrow, on Invest Talk. One expert's opinion says that the markets will be directed by the dollar and China. We'll see what they know about 99 chart.
3: your typical workday can be very busy assignments appointments responsibilities obligations sometimes you start early and end late for that reason alone you may already be looking to the future to a period when your money your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom there are many voices suggesting financial planning services but there's one company one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial, or visit kppfinancial.com.
0: This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Okay, mortgage lending dropped off a cliff. The, the big three: Citigroup, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase. Their mortgage lending dropped off twenty-three to thirty percent in December. Now uh, it might have been even longer than I'm not sure if that's just December or the last quarter. I'm not sure. Uh, fewer loans and higher competition. Uh, Translated into lower profits for all three of these guys. Remember, this is uh, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and JP Morgan. What I found, when I, when I read this report, what I thought was interesting about it, and you know, one of the things you have to do as an investor, you have to be a critical reader. Okay, if you're going to read things or listen to something on TV, you know, as far as investing and trying to figure out what happens, you need to be critical in your, your your understanding of what they're saying. The important part on this whole thing wasn't about, to me, about the these banks losing business. The important part was the why. And of course, the easy answer was because interest rates rose. No, that's not necessarily the why. The why is non-bank lending, which is companies like Quicken Loans and Loan Depot, they took 59% of the loan business in 2018. Of all loans, all mortgages, they took 59% of them for 2018. Almost 60% of the loans went to them, not these big banks. So what does that tell you and me as an investor? That means if you're looking at the banks and you're looking at a bank that has lots of loan business in, out there and that's how they make a lot of their money, Competition is eating their lunch, so you better consider that before you invest. So, now, the Quicken Loans and the Loan Depot, the 59%, that was buried in this article. It wasn't like at the first paragraph. It was like the fifth paragraph on the article, and that, to me, was the most important part of why they lost business. They focused on the fact that, you know, that the interest rates rose and there was less buyers out there. Yes, there were less loans, All to, there was a lot less loans out there. But they should have also focused on, and the loans that are out there, 60% of them are going to non-bank entities. That to me was the, I don't know, you buried the lead. You know, you ever heard that term, bury the lead in an article, or, or they bury lead. the lead, the thing that was important, they didn't talk about that. Happens all the time. That's why you got to be a critical listener or a critical reader. Try to figure out everything that's important. Look for the facts. This is how I do it. I just want the facts. And the facts was 59%. That was the facts. You know, everything else was fluff. Okay, another fact. They lost, the, the three big banks lost between 25 and 30% of the loan business uh, that, uh, that they had last year or last month or whatever it was. Okay, that was a fact too. But that wasn't the interesting fact. Notice what I've zeroed in on. I know all about that whole for 2018. <laughs> but, you know, so I don't know. I'm trying to just make you guys a better investor. That's what it is all about. Don't just listen to the headlines. The headlines are very misleading very often. Anytime this line is always open, eight 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 ninety nine chart And you can get through with any of your financial questions. Here's a question that came in earlier. Hello,
3: Steve and Justin. Thank you for the show. I have a question regarding the stocks. As Steve has mentioned multiple times, in 2019, this year, the market isn't going to be very positive. So I'm thinking of a strategy to invest in the stocks which has good dividends. So do you think this is a good strategy? And my second question is, how do you pick up a stock with dividends? So the only metric that I'm aware of is the annualized dividends. So what are the other key metrics that we can look at? Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, the most important uh,
2: um, um, the most important thing about a dividend paying stock is its ability to keep paying that dividend, the ability to increase that dividend, and the fact that it's not paying about 60 to 70% earnings in dividends, unless it's a REIT, a real estate investment trust, that it has room to expand its dividend. So we call that the payout ratio. The payout ratio should be about 60% or less. Payout ratio means the payout of the dividend should be about 60%. Okay, so if they're paying a 5% dividend, well, how much money do they make? And what's the stock price? You gotta know those three things: the payout ratio. Look it up on Investopedia uh, dot com. And yes, I think a, a dividend strategy is a good strategy. There's a, there's one that's been around for umpteen bazillion decades, called the Dogs of the Dow. The Dogs of the Dow, and uh, they're they're the the ten highest yielding, lowest priced stocks of the Dow thirty. And every January, you buy the ten. Highest yielding, lowest price stocks. And what was really interesting, and they d- didn't change from one year to the next, from 2018 to 2019. And what was very interesting, and they that it did outperform the Dow. Now you can say it one way, well, they outperformed the Dow by 50%. Or you can say it this way: the Dow was down about 7%, and the Dogs of the Dow strategy was down 3%. Three points on the but they outperformed the Dow by 50%. You see how see how they can mislead you on numbers? Critical listening, critical reading. I could mislead you so easily by saying, well, it, was, it really killed the Dow last year, 50% better than the Dow. And you would just think, oh, wow, they made a lot of money. No, neither the Dow nor the dogs of the Dow made money. But it did outperform the Dow. And over long periods of time, it generally does. Because And why does it work, dogs of the Dow? I'm not suggesting you go out and do this, by the way. I'm just pointing out the strategy. Because the stocks in the Dow are big, huge companies. They pay dividends, right? That's kind of what they do. At the same time, the stocks gone probably have gone down, and that's why the dividend yield has gone up. So they're the highest yielding dividends, lowest price stocks. So these stocks were beat up. Exxon Mobil, Chevron, they're on there. Pfizer's on there. Uh, And it was on there last year. These were all on there last year. You know, um, IBM didn't do anything, did poorly last year. But these, you know, the 10, the dogs of Dow strategy. You can look that up in Investopedia as well. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I understand that many investors can experience fear. Yes, fear. There's only two motions in the market, fear and greed. And you fear when you feel unsure of how much portfolio money should be at risk. And that depends on many different factors, including how close you are to retirement. So my advice is take my free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. Justin and I can use the results to develop a strategy that will work best for you and your portfolio based on how much risk you want to take. So yeah, you know, it's, it's it's really a good tool. It's free to take that questionnaire. It's just a few questions. It's not hard. Our show is well our show is well underway, as you know. And we're still taking your questions, so give us a call at 888 99 Chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose to meet with Invest Talk listeners that understand the value of receiving a free portfolio review from Steve. Mark your calendar, Wednesday, January 23rd. If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should reserve your space for a no-cost portfolio review consultation. Steve will analyze your portfolio's strengths and weaknesses so that you can start 2019 with a much better chance of building a comfortable financial future. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay. You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and you can get his unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. A long-time listener. I really appreciate the show. I just have a question about ticker symbol, DSM victory, XX. Let me know what your take on this. Um, I'll be listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks a lot for the show again, and have a nice weekend.
2: Okay, I'd stay away from it. The VIX, this is a VXX, which is the ETF, ATN uh, actually, corresponding to the performance of the S&P 500 VIX Short-Term Futures Index. Return. So it follows the fear gauge, VIX, index. But if you look at it over any length of time, year, two years, three years, five years, you will find that this VIX, VXX, the ETF, Continually goes down even while the, the actual VIX goes sideways. And this VIX will go down, 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 down. That's well, the way it's constructed. So I don't like it because it doesn't track the VIX. And you think you're buying it at a low price because the VIX doesn't usually go below 12, 13. That's its lowest area where it goes. And so you think you're buying it there and, and you're buying the, the uh, ETF and therefore the, if the underlying index is not going any lower, but the ETF keeps going lower. And you're saying, well, wait a minute, it's not tracking like it's supposed to. Yes, it spikes up when the underlying VIX spikes up. It spikes down when the underlying VIX spikes down. But when the VIX moves sideways, it continuously goes down. So you you know, and the VIX, the underlying VIX spikes one way or another, rarely, once or twice a year. So the rest of the time is just kind of meandering and therefore you're losing money. I just don't like it. I've, I've looked at it carefully and just don't like the way it reacts. Okay. Just my opinion on that, guys. Okay. But I would not, I would avoid it. I would. Okay. Okay. Uh, the PPI came in. Producer price index and the producer price index was lower than expected. Um, uh, the producer price index fell two tenths of percent, it's expected to fall one tenth of percent, so it's not that far off. And so that means at the producer level, input prices have been have felt fell sharply. A lot of that fall was, of course, for oil and gasoline. Okay. But even the core, the core rate still was very low too. If you, even if you stripped out food and energy out of the VIX, the core rate was flat. Did't so, there's telling you there's no inflation. Inflation peaked like in July. Okay When, when I say peaked, it, you know, I think the annual rate then was like almost what? 3.4%. Three, three, 3. That's what it was. Now the annual rate on the PPI is two and a half percent. It's going down. So remember what the Fed's supposed to do. It's supposed to have a keep a steady economy going, and to do that, that you're know, supposed to control inflation and try to keep a, 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 a decent job market and economy moving forward. Well, They do, and how they do that is they raise or lower the Fed fund rate, interest rate, the only rate they control. They raise and lower that, trying to influence all the other rates, because they can't, they don't control any other rate. Well, they've been raising the rates for one of the reasons they they want to control inflation, but we don't have any, hardly any. Our 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 average inflation over a very long period is about three percent, and really their target is two, and it's at two and a half now. So it's in between our normal long-term rate and their target, and that's at the wholesale level. The retail level is even a little bit lower than that. So it's kind of frustrating for me, for you know, when I talk about why is the Fed raising rates, and I, you, you, any of you have been listening to me, I said long before the last increase they should stop raising the rates. We know the economy is going to slow down in two thousand nineteen. Earnings are going to slow down. We know that. How about earnings are going to get cut in half? Half. 50% it was, it was less. In 2018, the earnings for 2019, estimates are going to be half. So that tells you the Fed should be concerned. Also, we know the IMF, International Monetary Fund, is ratcheted down world growth. We're still going to grow, but less. China is in a world of hurt. We know that. And it, we're, we're hurting them more with our trade war And I'm not sure what the Fed's thinking here. You know, you don't raise rates in this kind of environment. You shouldn't have been raising rates. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Our anytime business line is always open. And it's the same number all the time. Here's a call that came in earlier. Hello, Steve and Justin. I was calling
1: to get your advice on a, a stock I'm looking at taking a position in. Phonar Corporation, ticker is F-O-N-R. Just curious if you think this would be a good investment. It would be a long-term investment. Just park some money and see how it goes. I'll be listening for your answer. Thanks a lot. Bye.
2: Okay. Um, I you know, I don't want you to take this too bad, but people, you need to stop looking at these very tiny companies. Phonar Corporation is a $132 million size company. Okay, it's a very, very small company. These, when, when you get a company under a billion dollars in size, you have to ratchet up the amount of risk that you're taking. It's very, very risky. It, now, maybe because you're trying to shoot for the moon. And if you are, that's a mistake. Okay, what does Phonar do? Develops magnetic resonance imaging scanners and offers management and diagnostic services. Their growth rate is around 5 to 7% for sales. Uh, management owns 3%. It's a very low P, about seven. They make decent money, but it has been falling from $29 down to now $20.86. Had a good day today. But I'd have to do a lot more research to determine whether I should be thinking about buying this stock. It's very, very risky because of its size. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We still have about 10 minutes, everybody. So you give me a call. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That listener line, and call it any time you want. You really can. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
0: On the next Invest Talk, an expert's opinion says that the markets will be directed by the dollar and China. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John?
1: Good, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm looking at Slumberj. Um, I recently bought some shares, and it went up about 15% very quickly, and I'm Mm-hmm. Thinking of buying more, and I'm wondering if I should wait till it goes down again, or
2: uh, I'm. I probably suggest effect. that and you
1: appreciation.
2: I probably suggest you. I, I would suggest you look for another one. I like Chamberger, Don't get me wrong. I think this sector that it is uh, for everybody else. Is, uh, symbols SLB Chamborsay Limited, out of Houston, Texas, provides technology services, project management, and information lo- solutions to petroleum industry worldwide. It's a $57, $58 billion company. It pays a 4.8% dividend, and that dividend is not in danger. It probably will continue to pay. It has a very good cash flow $4.28 a share. It's a $41 stock. It's not cheap, but it's much cheaper than it was. It's fallen from $60, $70 a share all the way down to, what, $35, $36, and now it's at $41. I like this whole sector. I think this is the sector that's going to be one of the biggest winners of 2019, And we're talking about the oil and gas field services sector. Uh, I I think the whole oil sector will recover. That doesn't mean I think oil prices are going to skyrocket and gas things go. No, I'm not thinking that at all. But they were all beat up so badly. And this is one of them, John, got beat up so badly that they're going to bounce. They're probably going to retract to somewhere near. This one probably go into low 50s at the very least, I think. Uh, that, that, yeah, you know, I just don't see it going back to 70, not until, you know, big recovery in oil. And I don't see that anytime soon, but I think the whole industry has gotten so beat up that, you know, it's going to have a, a, a good rally. It won't be a straight line, but I think it'll be one of the better performers this year. And it already has been, by the way, Sean, better performers this year. I mean, as you pointed out, it's already up 15% in January. <laughs> You know, that's pretty darn yearly return. That's a good year, yearly return. So, John, I, I do like it. but I don't know if I'd add more to it. I might suggest finding another similar one out there. Thanks, John. Let's go to Denise in Kansas City. How are you doing, Denish? Doing good. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Thank you. For, thank
3: you. Hey, um, I've been following this talk for a while. Uh, ticker symbol CAG.
2: Conagra Brands? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, um, Conagra... C- okay, I think you can safely buy this for the dividend. I think it's a great price to to own this company at. Conagra is a $10 billion company. It produces self-stable and frozen foods, retail food, food ingredients, and agricultural products. CAG is the symbol, everybody. Conagra Brands out of Chicago. They're going to make 205 this year, then 220 next year it's a $21 stock. So you're looking at a stock that's 9 PE. The 5-year range is 9 to 25. Return on equity is very high at 22%. It pays a 4% dividend, and if you're not going to buy it while well, it's cheap, you want to buy it when it's expensive? You know, it was it hung around for most of the year about $35 to $37 a share. And then of course, like everything else got crushed. In December, it started falling in November, but it got crushed in December, and it's been moving sideways since like, oh, right at the beginning of the year. It hasn't really taken off even this year, not like the oil service sector. But if you're going to buy it for the dividend, this is the price you want to buy it for the dividend at. Okay? So now I think this is a good price for it, very good price. Okay? Conagra, C A G. Okay, let's go to Jay in Florida. How you doing, Jay? Hey, Steve, long time. Hey, been? Thanks for calling. I've been good. How about your show? Hey. I'm all right. I love your show. I listen almost every night, you know,
1: and um, I you. actually was going to ask you a question, a series of questions, but they were going to be really short. Um, I was going to say to you that what would you do uh, with, because uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of money to invest. I only have about like $4,000 and um, okay. trying to buy some good companies. So I was checking out Ford and GE. And, um, you know, I was thinking... Stay away from uh, GE.
2: They, uh, uh, stay, I'd stay, uh, stay away from both of them, Jay, please. Uh, not Ford is a great company, but it's the wrong time. It's the wrong time. They're very cyclical in nature, very cyclical, meaning they're attached to economic con- cycle. And, you know, you want to buy them in a recession. GE, they've got major problems. Don't look at the price. That price means that they should be, Yeah, you know, that's the price they deserve you know, because they've got major problems. I would say wave GE completely, but buy Ford in a recession. So Jay, sorry I'm running out of time. I'd love to talk to you. I'm Steve Peasley and this is completes another investor program and I thank you for being with me today. Thank you for the loyal listeners and all the questions. Have a nice evening everybody. I'll be back tomorrow like I always am.
1: and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.